Here they are, the Quiz Kids, presented by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. We're on the air with the school kids' questionnaire. Quiz Kids, five bright, lovable youngsters ready for another difficult examination in the Alka-Seltzer schoolroom of the air. The examination tonight will be conducted in exactly the same manner as all our regular Wednesday night Quiz Kid programs. And as usual, none of the children has seen or heard any of the questions in advance. I'll say we haven't. Let's get going. <laughs> all questions were sent in by you listeners and were selected by Sidney L. James of the editorial staffs of Time and Life magazine. I don't care who sent them in. Let's get going. That's all right. <laughs> A new well, I can answer portable them, radio know. will be awarded the sender of each question used on this program tonight. Oh. And now our chief quizzer himself, Joel Kelly. Thank you, Ken Carpenter, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we'll proceed directly to the roll call. Richard? I'm Richard Williams. I'm 11 years old, and I'm in the sixth grade at Harrison School, East Chicago, Indiana. Jack Lucal? I'm Jack Lucal. I'm 14 years old, and I'm a freshman at the Oak Park and River Forest Township High School. Joan? I'm Joan Bishop. I'm 14 years old, and I go to the Chicago School for Adults. Claude? I'm Claude Brenner. I'm 12 years old, and I'm a sophomore at Senn High School in Chicago. Gerard? I'm Gerard Darrow. I'm eight years old, and we go to the Bradwell School on Burnham. And Jackie? I am Jackie Benny. I am six years old. Now, I, I didn't have a chance to go to school at all. I, I was just a poor boy, and I used to stand on the corner selling papers, barefooted in the winter. And I used to say, extra, extra, paper here. Get your paper. Quiet, please. Hmm. Fine chance I'm going to have here. I can see that. You know. Now, Jackie, I know please. just as much as the kids, you know. You just ask the questions, that's all. That's Jackie, please. And incidentally, where are your curls? What? Where are your curls? On my lap. They got hot. <laughs> well, while we're getting ready for our first question, just a word or two from Ken Carpenter. Here's a word of friendly advice to all you parents and older folks. Alkalize with Alka-Seltzer. Yes, the next time you eat too much or too fast or eat while under stress and strain, alkalize with Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer is just the thing to relieve the misery of acid indigestion and distress after meals. It helps to neutralize excess stomach acid, so often the immediate cause of the distress of an upset stomach. That isn't all. You see, Alka-Seltzer is a pain reliever also. And if you have a sickish headache along with the stomach upset, Alka-Seltzer can bring you mighty comforting relief in both of these disturbances. Be wise. Take Alka-Seltzer. You'll feel better fast. You said it. <laughs> Quiet, please. We will now start with the questions. All right, quiz kids, R.S. Hart of Seattle, Washington, says that he was in the desert and after taking an analysis of the only water available, found that it was 100% aquafontis. Would you drink such water? Joan? Yes, I would. Well, can you give us anything further? Well, aquafontis is, uh, is fountain water. That's right. It's, uh, well, it's really spring water, uh, Joan. Oh, yeah, spring water, yeah. Joan. 
That's right, Mr. Kelly. It's spring water. Yes, I know. It says so on my card here. I know. That's where I saw it before. (laughs) All right, the next question. Pete McDonald of Vernonia, Oregon, a schoolboy who says that he never enjoyed anything in school but recess until he began listening to the quiz kids, sends in this one. Incidentally, he adds that his grades are improving. Here it is. If you had something that contained a prothorax, a mesothorax, and a metathorax... A A meso-what? What did you say? A meso... meso-what? A mesothorax. Oh, a mesothorax. That's right. And a metathorax, what would you have? Gerard? Gerard, you answer. You had your hand up first. (laughs) Now, Mr. Benny... Yeah. Don't butt in, please. Well, I just thought the name was... <laughs> I can I see I'm certainly going to have a fine Mr. chance Kelly. here today. The All right, Gerard. The thorax and the metathorax and the prothorax are all part of the thorax, which is a part of the grat of an insect on the... Um, the thorax is the part between the abdomen and the head and an insect. Well, good for you, Gerard. That was marvelous. That's very good. I used to know that when I went to school. But, you know, when you get older, you forget those things. That's <laughs> can't remember everything. Now, our next question... I used to know algebra, too, when I went to school. Quiet, please. Oh. Mrs. Burdette E. Truesden of New York City says you can prove you have a good background by naming at least three persons whose names will live forever because their names have been used to identify their chief contribution to humanity. For example, the name of Wrenchen is perpetuated in the word Wrenchenology. Uh, Claude? Uh, Nobel. He was a Swiss scientist who discovered dynamite, and he... Uh, uh, People, he gives out prizes to people who do something great for the world. That's fine, uh, Claude. Uh, let's see what Joan has to offer. Well, there's Calvinism. That's a doctrine as, as to the uh, downfall of man. And Darwinism, uh, the uh, theory of anthropology. Very good, Joan. Jack Lucal? Well, there's uh, Alessandro Volta. His name is perpetuated in the volt, which, by which we measure electricity. And James Watt, they use his name... For the Watt. That's really nice going, Jack Local. Uh, uh, let's see, Richard. Well, uh, Martin Luther in the, Lu- in the word Lutheran, which is a church, and uh, uh, Dr. Ronson, who discovered the Ronson rays. That's very, very good, uh, Richard. <laughs> um, Jackie has his hand up. What? Well, there was there's a fellow named Max. He. He had something to do with the Maxwell. <laughs> the Maxwell. Now, wait a minute, Jackie. There's no connection there. There is, too. A fellow named Max sold me my car. Max Maxwell. Name well, was Max Miller. Certainly got a fine chance on this program. <laughs> Should have stayed well, on my own jello show. It's beside the point, but we'll accept it as half right. Well, <clears throat> uh, time. Claude? Uh, also, there's Jean Francois Ampere. He, uh, he had something to do with electricity, and his name lives in the Ampere. 
Oh, the Ampia, the Ampia. <laughs> Jack Lucal. Well, um, there's um, uh, Cadillac and LaSalle were French explorers, and uh, their names are names of automobiles. <laughs> <laughs> Good, Jack Lucal. I guess that will hold Jackie for a while. <laughs> All right, our next question. Of course, if everybody's going to get laughs on this program, I'm going home. <laughs> Gerard? Well, uh, there's also DeSoto, who uh, was named... <laughs> <laughs> and he was a Spanish explorer that found the Mississippi... That's right, uh, uh, Gerard. I'm glad you brought that up. Now then, what about Johnny Sheb that made the Chevrolet? <laughs> Heaven's sake. You're going to go into that kind of stuff, you know. Johnny Sheb. What about Harry Stood? <laughs> you going into that, that stuff. Well, uh, I can answer a million of them, you know. <laughs> questions, that's all. We'll all withdraw from the garage right now and... <laughs> Get into our next question. Uh, Miss Margaret Faith of Chandler, New Jersey, poses this mountain climbing and mathematics problem. A mountain climber was making his way along a mountainside ledge. Well, pardon me. Uh, who was it asked the question, you see? <laughs> Miss Margaret, Margaret Faith of Camden, New Jersey. Oh, Camden, New yes. Jersey, I see. Important question. Let's see, where are you? Oh, yeah, here I am right here. A mountain climber was making his way along a mountainside ledge at an altitude of 6,440 feet. While edging his way, he accidentally kicked a rock which went flying toward the bottom of the mountain at some animals who had to scurry for shelter. Ignoring the friction of the air, how long did the animals have to reach safety before the rock hit? Now, you've got to do this in your heads, kids. No pencil and paper. What is the, the last question again, please? <laughs> how many, how long did it take what? Well, that is the question. How long did it take? Uh, one minute and 43 seconds. That's wrong. <laughs> Certainly got a fine chance here. Richard? 20 seconds. 20 second, seconds is correct. <laughs> wonder. He squared the root. I tripled it. <laughs> well, nice going, kids. And though I don't think you need it, you can rest a moment now. It's recess time. We've been telling you over and over again about Alka-Seltzer. We've told you how good it is, how convenient and economical, and how fast it can bring relief in the distress of so many common ailments. And now suppose we let Alka-Seltzer speak for itself. All right, first of all, we take two Alka-Seltzer tablets from the package and drop them into a glass of water. Listen. You hear that fizzing, sparkling sound? Ah, <laughs> sounds good, doesn't it? Well, it is good. It looks good, tastes good, and is so good for relief in so many common ailments. That's Alka-Seltzer, all right. The two-in-one remedy. Two kinds of relief in one glass. First, Alka-Seltzer is a pain reliever, just what you want for relief of headache or sore, aching muscles. And second, Alka-Seltzer is an alkalizer, just what you need when excess acid upsets your stomach and causes distress. Be sure to try a sparkling glass of Alka-Seltzer the next time any of these annoying ailments cause you trouble. See for yourself how good it is, how fast it can make you feel better. Ask your druggist for Alka-Seltzer. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to The Quiz Kids, presented every Wednesday night at this time by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Now, just a word about the questions. You can win a new Zenith portable radio with patented built-in wave magnet if you send us a question which our question editor finds suitable for use on the air. Yes, Alka-Seltzer awards a famous Zenith portable radio for each question used on this program. Just mail your questions by postcard or letter to Quiz Kids, National Broadcasting Company, Chicago. That's Quiz Kids, National Broadcasting Company, Chicago. We reserve the right to reword questions, and if like questions are submitted, the first received will be used. All questions become the property of Quiz Kids. So send in your question and win a radio. You better right, see Joe, that I get that hundred dollar bond too. That's all I worry about. <laughs> all right, Joe, you ready with the scores? The halfway point? Yes, Ken. But in deference to our guest contestant, I hesitate to read them. I think I'll just let them go until after the second question session. Maybe a miracle will happen. Uh, by the way, Richard, I, uh, that last question we had before the bell. Uh, can you tell us how you worked that out? Well, Mr. Uh, Kelly, uh, anybody falling through space? Disregarding the friction of the air, accelerates at the rate of 32 and two tenths miles per feet per second, and so and the rule is the distance equals the time in seconds squared times half of the acceleration per second, and, and in this case it was 6,440 feet equals uh, 16 and one tenth times the time squared. So I divided 6,440 6, by 16 and one-tenth and got 400, which is the square of the time in seconds. And I extracted the square root, and that gave me 20. And so the answer is 20 seconds. Good for you, Richard McGoy. I'll have a... You see, where I made my mistake there, you see, I took the, um, I took the least common multiple there. I, that's where I got wrong. That's where I got the minute 43 seconds in there, you see. You're I sort of square-rooted it there. In the yes, thing. that's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get along here now. Uh, here's a question from Mrs. Daniel Stormont of Evanston, Illinois. 5,280 feet is one mile. Uh, what? What did I said 5,280 feet is one mile. Well, nobody asked that one. Well, if they do, I'm ready. Watch out. <laughs> All right, we'll continue. All right. If you told the election board you were a mugwump, would Who's you be mugwump? listed as a Republican, Democrat, Socialist, or Independent? Now, there is a tough one. If you told the election board you were a mugwump, would you be listed as a Republican, Democrat, Socialist, or Independent? I wouldn't tell anybody I was a mugwump. <laughs> so ridiculous. Huh, Claude? Well, uh, Claude? I'll take a guess. I say an Independent. <laughs> That's right, but uh, how did you guess it? I just guessed. Oh, you just guessed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you see... Uh, the political name of uh, Mugwump, uh, well, let's see what Joan has to say. Well, I rather thought it was independent, too, because there's a column in one of our Chicago papers called Mugwump. <laughs> That's um, true. Politics. But you see, the political name of uh, Mugwump started in 1884 when it was applied to supporters of James G. Blaine, who switched to Cleveland because of his civil service views. 
Blaine was Republic, Republican candidate for president. Uh, Jackie? I, I know what a mugwump is. Oh. Uh, you do? You see, a All right. A mugwump is a bird that sits on the fence <laughs> with its mug on one end and its wump on the other. <laughs> Have a little more discipline, please. Well, I'm getting back to the political situation, uh, Jackie Benny, who was president of the United States in 1901? Grover Cleveland. That's wrong. Well, I ought to know. I voted for him. <laughs> it was Grover Cleveland? You're wrong. It was William McKinley. Just wish I had a history book, brother. That's all. I've got one. Well, give it to me. I got a low chair here. <laughs> Grover Cleveland, that's who it was. Let's continue with the next question. Pauline Salzman of Grand Rapids, Michigan, found these ads in the paper. You know, I know Grover Cleveland. Quiet, please. I'd like to present this question. Pauline Salzman of Grand Rapids, Michigan, found these ads in the paper. She would like you to tell her just what is advertised. Here's the first item. For rent, colonial estate near Charlottesville, Virginia, designed by owner... Adjoining buildings make a state virtually a community. Right owner, T.J., Charlottesville, Virginia. Jackie Benny, you're holding your hand up. I'm waving at some friends in the audience. (laughs) I can have friends in the audience, can't I? Hello, Mamie. (laughs) Well, let's uh, complete this question, Uh, Richard. Monticello. Monticello, the home of... Thomas Jefferson. That's right, That's Richard. right. Good Here's the next item. For yeah, sale. Friends in the audience, you know. What's the devil? Uh, I didn't know you were superior. Quiet. Uh, <laughs> quiet, please. Here's the second part of this uh, question. For sale. Sacrifice. $10 million marble building in the land of Veda. Stands on 313-foot square marble terrace. Absolutely unique as... Architect's eyes poked out after construction completed. Claude? That's the Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal in India. Good for you. And it took it took twenty two thousand men twenty two years to build it. <laughs> and and I'm right about Grover Cleveland, too. Tell <laughs> me about Grover Cleveland, you know. Now uh, we'll uh, continue. <clears throat> Frank O. Estes of Towson, Maryland, sends in this one. Last week, his wife went shopping to get her girlfriend's gift. She bought Sue a green umbrella for $2.95. Ellen a blue scarf for $2.50. Joanne a brown leather pocketbook for $2.99. And Priscilla a yellow sports skirt for $3. What was the color of the scarf for Ellen? Joan? Blue. Blue is right. Good for you. 1901 was Grover Cleveland. I know because I won a pair of cloth top shoes on the election. Remember that. We'll uh, forget about the Grover Cleveland. Uh, I won't forget about it. <laughs> well, uh, this next question here. Burns uh, me up, you know. You come over here. You quiet, know. please. Tommy Haycomb. Tommy uh, Haycomb. Tommy Haycomb. Uh, Jackie. Tommy Haycomb. I'm uh, 
reading a name. All right. Read the name. All, All right. right. It's fine. <laughs> Connie, hey, I'm Tom. not getting paid for this, you know. I just can't hold I'm a guest. That's what, that's what burns me up, you know. Connie, hey, Tom. Listen, Jackie. Yes. I'm beginning to think that you're getting into what little hair I've got left. Well, I can always tell you where to get a toupee. You know. Quiet. <laughs> Connie Haytopt of Minneapolis, Minnesota, wants you to sing or hum these notes as I give them to you, and stop me as soon as you recognize the scales you are singing. All right, here's the first one. C. Oh, that was Joan. <laughs> All right, Joan. D. Oh. E flat. Oh. F. G. Oh. A flat. Oh. B. Oh. C. Oh. Do you recognize the scale? That's the harmonic minor. That's very good. <laughs> All right. Here's if the I next had my one. violin here, I'd have gotten it. <laughs> Here's the next one. C. Uh, C sharp. Uh, D. Uh, D sharp. Uh, e. Uh, F. Uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We've got some other hands up. I'm going to give this one to uh, Claude. That's a chromatic. Chromatic is correct. Good for you, Claude. <laughs> and here is the last one. C. D, E flat, F, G, A, B, C, B flat. Richard? That's the uh, melodic. Melodic is good. Good for you, kid. One of the silliest questions I've ever heard. <laughs> Now, uh, uh, quiz kids, you'll need mythology. Maybe my hand all the time. Nobody even calls on you. You'll need mythology as well as ornithology to answer this one. Yeah. Ethel Baker of St. Louis, Missouri, wants to know why peacock is that feathers. Paul Baker's sister. I, Ethel. <laughs> that is Paul Baker's sister. Is it? When you want to talk, Jackie, will you please hold oh, up your hand? Because I know an Ethel Baker. You know, I, I was see. Paul Baker's sister. Well, remember to hold up your hand when you want to say something. All right, I'll hold up my hand. Say, you sit there. What are you, the boss or something? Uh, quiet, please. Last time I'll come on this show. You're telling us. <laughs> now, let's see, where am I? Oh, yes, here I am right but here. I care, but it's just... <laughs> Ethel Baker of St. Louis, Missouri, wants to know why peacock feathers are spotted. Gerard? The peacock has eyes in his tail feathers because uh, of a mere myth. You see, when uh, a long time ago, when Jupiter uh, married Juno, after a few years, he became jealous of her, and he turned her into a calf. And he sent Argus to watch her. But Juno turned herself right back into her regular form. And Argus was the one that had a hundred eyes in his head. And Juno killed Argus 
and put the eyes in the peacock's tail. Well, thank you very much, Gerard. That was a very fine description. <laughs> Jackie, I see you've got your hand up. I'm wiping my forehead. It's hot oh. here. <laughs> he raise his hand. Fine, we'll continue. Ridiculous questions I ever heard. James Wilson, Jr. of Toledo, Ohio, wants you to compose a second line to his one-line verse. Here it is. Fred Allen has a funny show. I'm going home. <laughs> now, you keep your seat. All right, Fred Allen has a funny show. Let's hear a second line to that. Joan? Fred Allen has a funny show, but there's not a thing he doesn't know. <clears throat> Very good, Joan. All right, uh, let's have another one. Funny about that show, boy. Gerard? When Mr. Benny hears that, he'll surely blow. <laughs> All right, uh, Jackie, what have you got to offer? Fred Allen has a funny show. How he does it, I don't know. His jokes are old, his gags ain't funny. He ought to be paid in Confederate money. <laughs> the end. Now then, here is really one for you, Jackie Benny. Listen About to time. this. My father's listening in. Yeah. All right, tell me, how many strings on a violin? Five. Uh, I mean four. Yeah. Four. Very good. How do you spell rosin? R-O-S-O-N. Rosin. That's wrong. It's R-O-S-I-N. Can't understand it. I've been using it for years. <laughs> the bell, kids. I'll have your scores in just a moment. If you had your vitamins today, well, here's the answer to your daily vitamin A and D problem. Take one a day brand vitamin A and D tablets now offered and guaranteed by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Each one a day tablet is equal in vitamin A and D content to two whole teaspoonfuls of cod liver oil, meeting minimum United States pharmacopoeia standards. One a day is all you take, one a day is all you need, and a penny a day is all it costs. Listen to these low prices. 30 tablets, 35 cents. 90 tablets, only 85 cents. And 180 tablets, only a dollar and a half. One a day is all you take, and one penny a day is all it costs. Remember, one a day brand vitamin A and D tablets have been developed and are guaranteed by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Tested and approved by Good Housekeeping Bureau and commended by Consumer Service Bureau of Parents Magazine. Every member of your family should take one-a-day tablets every day. Ask your druggist for one-a-day tablets. That's the name, one-a-day brand. Look for the big one on the package. I got rolling. The show had to be over. Well, kids, as a group, you missed only one question tonight, and the individual winners are Richard first, Joan second, and Claude third. Of course, I knew I wouldn't be in. I congratulate you. I... I congratulate you, as I said before. I congratulate all you quiz kids, and take pleasure in presenting to each of you, in behalf of the makers of Alka-Seltzer, a $100 denomination United States savings bond. And Jackie Benny, I don't have one for you. You see, these bonds are to help the children pay for their future education, and we didn't think you'd spend your money in going to college. But here's a Zenith portable radio. 
Maybe you can learn something listening to the quiz kids every Wednesday night. Well, at least I can hock the radio. I can get something. <laughs> Friends, we'll be back in Chicago next week, and we'll resume competition with only the three highest scorers remaining, remaining for the su succeeding examination. The three winners on our last competitive program were Claude, Richard, and Jack. Completing the board will be Gerard and Joan, the same children on the program tonight. Meanwhile, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids class until next Wednesday at this same time. Good night, kids. Come on, ask more questions. Let's get going here. Come on. Listen again next Wednesday night to the Quiz Kids. The makers of Alka-Seltzer present three programs each week, all of them on NBC networks. On Friday night, Alec Templeton time. On Saturday night, the famous Alka-Seltzer National Barn Dance. And next Wednesday night again, the Quiz Kids. For interesting variety and entertainment, listen to the Alka-Seltzer shows. Ken Carpenter speaking. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>